0: Welcome to Easier, a podcast about making life and work easier. I'm Anthony Wagner, and this is episode number 50. each wednesday we'll cover the best tips, ideas and strategies for living and working more simply. i believe that when things are easier, we have more time for what matters most. this week in make work easier, we're talking about surviving your first day at a new job. why? today, the day i'm recording this, monday september the 9th was my first day at a new job. so i was doing some research and thought i would share my findings. also, We're talking about how to have better conversations with new people. At a new job, you meet lots of new people, and having some better conversations will help you make better first impressions. Let's get started. All right, we have 23 things on this checklist of things to do for surviving your first day at a new job. So we're going to go down straight down the list. And this list will span both the make life and make work easier segments. We're going to go straight through one to 23. All right. So we're going to start make work easier. And these are tips for surviving your first day at a new job. Number one, actually first, the list is broken down. This part of the list is broken down into two parts. Things to do prior to starting and then things to do on your first actual day. So number one some questions you should get out of the way in advance. You should ask your supervisor or your HR rep or whomever you're interfacing with at your new company, um, these three questions at least. Number one, what time should I plan to arrive? And then kind of number two, what time should I plan to leave? And then that was like one A and B. And then number two, what documents will i need and i actually showed up today with way more than i actually needed and the hr folks laughed at me a little bit because i had birth certificate enhanced id and passport when i only needed one of those things i only needed my passport but i was definitely prepared and i'm sure that comes to a surprise uh, comes as a surprise to absolutely no one anyway that's question number 2 and the number 3 is make sure that you do this what's the dress code because you, you know, this can be a little bit stressful in, in advance. And, uh, I think that if you get this out of the way and are sure you, you know, really sure about what's acceptable, you can get your outfit ready in advance and you don't have to worry about it on your first day. You've got enough to worry about without something superficial like that, but you know, it really is important. So those are the three questions. That's number one questions to ask in advance. Number two, plan for breakfast and for lunch, especially lunch, but make a plan for the food you're going to eat that day. You have enough to worry about, as I said, in terms of getting there, getting all the paperwork done, starting to learn your job, meeting all the new people, all that stuff. Come up with a plan for your lunch in advance. And if you eat breakfast, that too. And if you're planning to bring a lunch, great. If you're planning to go out for lunch, do a little bit of recon work in advance. Search Google Maps for some restaurants nearby that you can get to and from in the time you've got for lunch. And maybe that actually should be uh, question number four. How much time are we allowed for lunch? So you can properly plan for that. So that's number two, plan for breakfast and lunch. Number three is to plan your outfit. This goes hand in hand with question three from item number one, and that is to you know know the dress code and then get that outfit ready the night before. You, you, know, you don't have to do this every day. I certainly don't plan my outfits out the night before every single day. Uh, actually, it's really rare that I plan them out. But for the first day of work, I certainly did because I just didn't want to be worried about it. It's one less thing on my brain as I'm getting ready to leave for the first day. So that's number three. Plan your outfit. Another planning one, number four, plan your commute. This is a big one. This one is obvious, but do not forget it. Whether you are taking public transit, whether you're walking or biking, or whether you're driving yourself, make sure that you've done your work using at least Google Maps to figure out how much time it's going to take you to get from your home to your place of business and then add some extra time to spare. So in Google Maps you actually can do an arrive by or depart at thing, meaning you can say I wanna go from point A to point B and I'd like to arrive by 9 a.m. And it will tell you typically your commute at that time lasts X amount of time or you can say I want to leave by X time and it will tell you about when you'll get there so use that tool and you can use it for any form of transit that you're taking and it will still recommend you know the or it will let you know what the average commute is for that time and then whatever Google says and I would look at the higher end I'd add 15 minutes and for me I drive to work, so I would much, much rather drive to work and sit in the car for 15 extra minutes listening to a book and know that I'm there on time and I don't have to worry about being late or that traffic is going to catch me up than being late and traffic catching me up. Uh, that's what I did this morning. And actually, the 15-minute buffer was needed because traffic was pretty heavy, and I still made it with about 10 minutes to spare. And I did sit in the car for uh, half of that. I sat in the car for an additional five minutes. And that's actually um, kind of a sub-tip here that I would prefer at, you know, as my previous job, I had people that I would have to deal with, like they would be scheduled so I could onboard them. And that's what I was doing at my previous job. And I would greatly prefer folks to show up you know, close to their time to actually start it, uh, it threw my morning a little bit when they arrived 20, 30 minutes early. I know they're trying to make a good first impression, but for me, it threw my morning when I was kind of prepping for them to arrive that last half hour and they arrived and I had to kind of scramble. So, uh, arrive, you know, maybe no earlier than 10 minutes before your start time and make sure that you get there earlier than that and you leave yourself enough time. So that's number four, plan your commute. Number five, adjust your morning routine. I definitely had to switch my stuff around. I use Trello actually to track my or to keep track of my morning routine. And I definitely had to adjust my routine around in the for, you know, for the morning going forward because my commute is longer and I'm going to be hitting rush hour. So I'm trying to avoid that. And therefore, I needed to kind of work out how much time I could spend on things. I'm thinking about bumping showering to the afternoon. Um, because I want to you know, save time in the morning so I can spend it on podcasts and on my course and things like that. So definitely consider your morning routine before you, you know, dive in head first and you're, you're not sure what's going on in your crazy morning and everything's thrown off and that first day you're super stressed. So that's number five, adjust your morning routine. Okay, to part B of this list, things to do on your actual first day. We're starting at number six in the list and that is leave home early arrive to work on time. I kind of co-opted this one in terms of planning your commute. I kind of shared this one already. They go hand in hand, but planning the commute and then planning to leave early enough is is critical. So, leave yourself that 15-minute buffer and as I said, don't stroll in that early. If you've got to sit kind of outside or if you're taking public transit or walking, see if you can scope out Park or a nearby coffee shop or something that you can wait at, especially if the weather's not great um, as you're arriving that first time, that first day, if you've buffered in that much extra time. So, I would highly encourage you to leave extra early and then still arrive on time. So, that's number six. And like I said, it was kind of joined with one of the, early, the earlier items. So, Number seven, put your phone on vibrate slash silent. And after the day that I just had today, I would go with silent, not even vibrate because I was in orientation meetings this morning and I get those charming robocalls that we just covered last week and several of them happened and it was getting on my nerves that my phone kept going off. Even though it was on vibrate, it was still annoying. So I would amend my statement from put your phone on vibrate or silent to just put it on silent. Just for that first day, especially, it can you can go back to vibrate. But uh, don't be that person whose phone is driving the office crazy, especially if you've got a ring on. Don't do that. Put it on silent. That's number seven. Number eight, double check this list that I'm going to read you. It's also in the show notes that you've got at least all of these things before you leave. Number one or letter A, let's, let's say A, documents for HR. B, water. This is a big one. I am very glad I brought a water bottle with me because I was very thirsty and did not want to have to ask 15 times to get up and get water. C, uh, plan for your lunch or your lunch itself. D, a notebook and a pen. E, your computer. F, your phone. And G, your wallet. Make sure that you've got all those things, and you will be much happier that you did because you'll need pretty much all of them that day. Maybe not your computer, but I had mine just in case. So that was number eight. Double check that list to make sure you've got all that stuff. Number nine, track any tasks that come your way. Have your notebook and pen on hand, and when things come your way, even if they're HR tasks, jot them down. It will make you seem super on top of your game especially for day one and you will also remember to do all the stuff that gets asked of you or you know the the documents you have to fill out the paperwork you have to fill out any of that stuff so that's number nine track any tasks that come your way number 10 and this one certainly applied today don't be afraid to ask questions. everybody at your work site knows that you're new questions are expected. You're not like the kid in the class who's got his hand up and everyone finds annoying. No, they expect you to not know things and you will not learn them if you don't open your mouth. Now, I will add a caveat to this. I had a number of questions that came up during our orientation, some of which were pertinent right then, but then others I wrote down in my notebook to ask later because they were more for my specific supervisor or they just weren't you know, super urgent right then. I could wait till later. Those I would say write down and ask later you know, there are questions that you can ask. Like this morning I asked, Hey, how does the coffee get made around here? Kind of thing. Cause I want to make sure that I'm following office protocol there. So, and then also if you're a bit nervous or you're doing that thing where you think your question is too stupid to ask, which it's not, you can preface it with, you can hedge a little bit and say something like, you know, this might sound like a silly question, but, and that way you've, you've kind of hedged your bet there. And it, you know, it's very l- unlikely that it's a silly or stupid question, but And I'm sure other people, if you've got a group orientation, there are other people wondering the same thing. But if that's something that makes you feel a little more comfortable to ask your question, use that phrase. So that's number 10. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Number 11. And this one is unusual. And I will say as someone who worked for a a work site for five and a half, six years, this one would definitely get on my nerves, or at least when people would violate this one, it's mind your business, right? You're new on the work site and yeah, I had some coworkers who would join our previous work site, and I've been there for four, five, five and a half years. And they would come in day one and think that they were all of that, and they would be in the middle of everyone else's business, asking all kinds of things. Now, I'm, you know, that kind of goes counter to at don't be afraid to ask questions. I'm talking about legit questions, not like how can I change this entire process that we've had for forever. It's fine to have opinions and have ideas 100%, but, you know, when I was actually in my orientation meeting this morning, I wrote in big block letters in my notes, observe first. I want to get a feel for how things are done before I come in and start saying, I think we should change X, Y, and Z. It's disrespectful and it's annoying. And I've seen that happen time and time again at my previous employer. And it's not my employer's fault or my former employer's fault. It's that those people's fault that they came in and were quite obnoxious, really, to put it bluntly. They were really annoying and they got on folks' nerves right off the bat. And that's not the way you want to start. So mind your business when you get there. Observe first. You know, you can ask questions, but ideally you're going to take it in. And then take some time to process and then start making your recommendations for things that may or may not need to change. So that's number 11, mind your business. All right, we're moving into make life easier now and we're still continuing the list with number 12, but this moves into another topic and this applies you know, outside of the worksite, but I figured it was really relevant here. But... Uh, The topic now is how to have killer conversations on your first day at a new job, and I am an ambivert, which means that I straddle the line between introverted and extroverted, and today I definitely put on my extrovert face, and I tend to in these types of situations, but as someone who is an ambivert, I have introverted tendencies, which means absolutely loathing, pointless, small talk drives me crazy, drives me crazy in a number of situations, Uh, and I can't stand it. So I try to avoid that at all costs. And so I am going to share some strategies from a number of places, including from Vanessa Van Edwards' book Captivate and some other online resources for strategies for avoiding crappy first conversations and having better ones as you meet your new coworkers. Or this really could apply to anything, but really we're talking about new jobs. So it'll be all about that. So number 12 is look for stories, not answers. This one comes from the site Bustle. And basically, you need to learn to ask open-ended questions rather than saying something like, how was your day, which could elicit the dreaded fine or great or good you could say, what did you do today? Or did you do anything or did you work on anything exciting today? So you're gonna look for things that you you can kind of draw out more stories as opposed to specific answers that end your conversation and also make you feel like you're grilling the other person. So that's number 12, look for stories, not answers. Then the next one is 13, add juicy tidbits. This is straddling both uh, an article from Forbes and one from Bustle. But once you've got someone talking, you don't respond with one word answers. Pepper the conversation with things about yourself. So, for example, if someone asks how you're doing, you could say something like, Good, thanks. I recently got back from a vacation, dot, dot, dot. Or, I'm great. I definitely am looking forward to working on whatever that is. Fill in things with, you know, fill in the conversation with more important stuff than just fine or good. The, you know, don't give what you don't want to receive. So, that's number 13. Add juicy tidbits. Now, Numbers 14 through 22 are these open-ended conversation sparkers. Now, this is a term that I've co-opted from Vanessa Van Edwards' book, Captivate. She calls them conversation sparkers, and I have a number of them to read to you straight down the list. And uh, I think these are really good um, starting points for good conversation, and they They really are better than the standard, hi, how are you? Although that is a good place to start, Vanessa Van Edwards does say that, I think these are a little bit better. So number 14 is, and this one comes actually from Terry Gross, the NPR host of the show Fresh Air. She's a very famous and very renowned interviewer on her show Fresh Air. She interviews all kinds of people and she says the number one icebreaker that you can use is four word phrase, tell me about yourself. She says that the beauty in opening with Tell Me About Yourself is that it allows you to start a conversation without the fear that you're going to inadvertently make someone uncomfortable or self-conscious. Posing a broad question lets people lead you to who they are. So as an example of that, you might want to avoid, so what do you do? Because maybe somebody just got laid off, you don't know. And this question helps you identify what's important to them because it allows them to guide the conversation. Tell me about yourself, number 14. Number 15, tell me what it's like working here. Number 16, what's the best thing about working here? Number 17, have you learned any insider tips about working here? So I thought all three of those were pretty interesting. They all, you know, revolve around the work site. I think my favorite one of those three is have you learned any insider tips? It kind of gets people thinking and helps you to maybe score some nice information right off the bat from your coworkers that you might not have necessarily had. Number 18, and I, I debated whether or not to put this one on the list, but I liked it enough that I thought, all right, let's give it a shot. Number 18, if you weren't working here, what would you be doing? Yeah, I debated it because I thought, hmm, maybe it would suggest that people would want to leave and maybe you stumble into a you know a coworker who's on the verge of heading out and you, you open Pandora's box, but I kind of like it and maybe this isn't a conversation one starter maybe it's a conversation three or four starter be something interesting on your you know at the end of your first week but yeah that's number 18 if you weren't working here what would you be doing number 19 where do you like to go when you travel and this can be both for pleasure and for business you can kind of talk about both so if you've got a coworker that travels a lot for business that would be a great time to get them to tell you about what that's like and if you like to travel maybe they can find ways of bringing you along who knows so that is number 19 where do you like to go when you travel Number 20, I really like this one, and I it's it's kind of a, a version of Vanessa Van Edwards. She suggests asking the question, are you working on any personal passion projects lately? And I don't really care for that, although I love the sentiment. I think that personal passion projects is an alliteration that is too hard to say. I, I'm not really really crazy about that. So I um, morph that question into, are you working on anything exciting lately? And that also kind of lets them decide whether they're gonna tell you I'm working on something exciting here at my work site or something on the side, but that is really a more open-ended question and it's much easier to say. Are you working on anything exciting lately is number 20. Number 21, involves a little bit of vulnerability and Brené Brown I think would be all over that. It also gets people giving you advice and people love to do that. So it's helping you to get some neurochemical positive markers in people's brains. Number 21 is I'm a bit nervous about blank. Have you ever done it before? So I'm a bit nervous about, you know, handling this meeting with this client. What, you know, what's your advice on that? That gets people giving you advice. It gets people thinking and it, you know, like I said, it, it helps you to get some neurochemical flags in their brain as, hey, this person's fun and I they, they ask for my help. So that's always good. That's number 21. I'm a bit nervous about blank. Have you done it before? And then finally of this list, number 22, and we're kind of closing in on the end of the overall list, but 22 is, this is kind of a bonus question. It's not so open-ended, I would say, but it's quite useful. And the question is, what's your favorite lunch place around here? So you can score some more advice and maybe have a good meal at the same time. So that's number 22. I kind of cheated a little bit with my list numbering here in that number 23 actually turns into a my favorite thing segment and i am absolutely recommending the book captivate the science of succeeding with people by vanessa van edwards i've talked about it a few times throughout this episode but i really do love this book i own it in audible in kindle and in paperback format i love this book that much. You will love this book that much. It is so good. Much of the advice, really a lot of it comes from her book. And if you read it before your first day, especially right as you lead up to it, you will have a, I would say, a much greater chance of success at having good first impressions. So yes, a book, a favorite thing, can count as one of the tips for having a you know successful first day at a new job. And I think that this one is wholly worth the read. It's worth your time and so conversational, and it's just so well done. So check that book out. Of course, I've got the link to it in the show notes at easiercast.com/slash 50. And you know, again, the title is Captivate the Science of Succeeding with People by Vanessa Van Edwards. That's this week's recommendation for my favorite things. Thank you so much for being a part of the Easier Audience. If you love the show, I could use your help. There are monthly costs with keeping the show going, and to help reduce that cost, I use special affiliate links to Amazon. That means that whenever I recommend a product and you then use my link to buy it, I make a small commission. You don't pay a penny more for that product. Amazon just cuts me a tiny percent. In addition to clicking on my products, you can also use the link easiercast.com slash Amazon to shop Amazon for any product at all on any kind of device, mobile, desktop, tablet. That link, easiercast.com slash Amazon, will take you to Amazon's homepage and you can shop just like you always would. But this will generate extra commissions to support future episodes of Easier. And again, it won't cost you a penny more. Please consider using my link to shop on Amazon, again, easiercast.com slash Amazon, or if you are planning to purchase one of my favorite things, head to the show notes for the episode and click the link. The tiniest commissions add up to making a real difference, and any support for easier is so appreciated. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, we're rounding out the episode, and we're going to continue this theme for riding the struggle bus this week, and this one is a struggle like no other. I have not figured this one out, so if anyone's got tips on this very much recommend that you call into the show 313-242-7473 or easier to remember 313-BIB-RISE. That's bib is in a child's bib and rise is to go up. No, those words don't mean anything. They are just easier to remember. And this week's struggle bus topic is on going from small talk to deeper conversation. And I find that sometimes I struggle to get from the easier small talk stuff to some deeper conversation that feels a little more natural. Sometimes we have or I have small talk conversations with people wherein I feel like I'm an interrogator, maybe in some police station somewhere, and I'm accusing this person of a crime and I'm asking them, Umpteen million zillion questions. Yeah, sometimes my small talk conversations feel like that. It's really frustrating and I feel kind of silly where I'm just like, So, what do you do? So, what do you like? So, what's your favorite color? So, did you murder your husband? um you know, I feel like that's how some of my small talk conversations go. And uh, the beginning's not hard. I don't mind necessarily walking up to people. I don't mind kind of doing the first, hi, how are you? This is what I do. This is who I am. But then past that, I feel like people kind of glaze. And so if anyone can help with that struggle or knows how to overcome it or knows kind of there's that that beginning piece that's easy for me and then the the later piece that goes deeper and it's natural but that, that little connector middle bit is the part where i need help so if anyone can help dial 313-242-7473 and i've still got a gift card for the first person to give me a call i'm telling you people I'm really pushing this voicemail thing, and I really would love, I feel like as soon as I get a couple people doing it, we're going to have, it'll be like floodgates opening. I don't know, that's a prediction, but I really hope to hear from you. I I, I keep saying I'd love to include some other voices on the show, and it's, I I don't know, maybe it's uh, it's intimidating, or people don't want to be, you know, have their voice on the show, or they're just not in the right space for making a phone call, or whatever it is, I don't know, you know, maybe if you have an issue with with uh, part of the process or, you know, there's something about that that you're not wild about. Um, you can share that feedback with me via email. If you'd like podcast at easiercast.com, I'd love to know if you've thought about calling in and haven't, why not? If you've absolutely resisted the idea of calling in, why is that? Um, you know, so I'm still, I would love to, you know, I'm trying to bribe you. (laughs) I'm trying to give away money for people to call in and I still have had no success. So, um, Maybe this this idea will go away and I'll just go back to let's all leave our thoughts in the comments or on Facebook. But I'd really love to have some other voices on the show um, of listeners that aren't, you know, that aren't just mine. And also what I'm thinking about doing as we go forward is opening up the Struggle Bus segments for you all to call in and ask for help from me or from other listeners. So I, I'm going to do that too um, coming up shortly. Actually, if you've got something that you'd like to, to request help with, uh, anything that's related to the show, I would love to hear that too. So feel free to call in with that. But um, on this topic... I really could use help on this or any of the other topics. If you have advice, I'm asking your help. Please, please, please call call in 313-242-7473. No, I'm not desperate. I just want to hear from you. Maybe I'm a little desperate. I don't know. Uh, 313-BIB-RISE. That's the number to call in to tell me about how to go from small talk to deep conversation. All right, that's it for this week. It's a little bit of a shorter episode and it's now time for our weekly roundup. First of all, I've had some folks really starting to take me up on using my Amazon links and I so appreciate that. I'm making small, tiny commissions that cost you not a penny more. So if any of you Really love the show and I would encourage you if you've already done it, please continue to use those Amazon affiliate links. Um, anything I recommend in the show notes at easiercast.com slash uh, 50. Click on my links and that will take you to um, my referrals for Amazon. Or if you just want to shop on Amazon, use easiercast.com slash Amazon. It will redirect you right to Amazon's homepage. And those commissions make such a huge difference and they cost you not a single penny more. So I greatly appreciate that. Then remember to call in, share your thoughts on the struggle this week, getting from small talk to deep conversation. Or if you've got a struggle of your own, you'd like to share 313-242-7473 or 313-BIB-RISE. Then, if you're looking for the show notes, they are always at easiercast.com episode number. This week, it's number 50, so that's easiercast.com slash 50. You'll find everything from today's episode, space to leave comments, all my favorite things, links to subscribe, and to find easier on Facebook. Again, that link is easiercast.com slash 50. Finally, if you know anyone who would benefit from the tips I've covered in this or any episode, please be sure to share it with them. Hopefully, every share means that someone somewhere will find more time for what matters most to them. As always, thank you so much for listening, and until next week, here's to an easier life. Bye for now.